What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! Some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Woo, what a game! An amazing way to end Fantasy Week 14. And you know, some playoff matchups were decided on that stinking safety at the end of the game, or maybe the field goal just a couple seconds before. And we welcome you to Fantasy Football today. We're going to talk about the last night's game, of course, and of course, take a peek at the waiver wire for Week 15, which seems pretty good especially a quarterback. What's up, Jamie and Dave? Jamie, I know you tweeted it. I know I tweeted it. Probably everybody tweeted it. Was that the game of the year? Was it the best game of the season? Oh, I think so. You know, certainly the best primetime game. Um, you know, it was, uh, first off, interesting choice of words to, to use the stinking. Um, Why? Stinking uh, safety. Uh, I mean, <laughs> you know, with Lamar Jackson, and everything that happened with him. Uh, he said it was cramping. It was cramping. I, I did love the fact that he dunked on Paul Pierce uh, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and making that comparison. Yeah. Um, there is there is actually, I, I think it was uh, uh, Dr. Chow who tweeted a picture of him with his arm wrapped. So showing that it was an IV, um, that he was getting an IV treatment. He was in there for a long, like that would have been, you, you could have read War and Peace the amount of time he was in there. I'm sorry. Well, that, was, I mean, that was a little long. He, he may have thought the game was in hand and he was just taking his time. But in any event, uh, it was very funny. Twitter was very funny last night. I hope everyone enjoyed uh, social media watching how that all unfolded. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was a great game. It was an unbelievable game. I mean, uh, kudos to the Browns. I thought they were going to you know, fold after uh, going down 28-14 and for them to fight back. And Baker Mayfield had a strong fantasy game. Um, you know, should give you some encouragement for trusting him, most likely in two quarterback and super flex leagues the rest of the, rest of the way against the Giants and Jets. But Lamar Jackson looks back as a strong fantasy quarterback, and uh, hopefully he won't uh, have to go run to the potty anymore. Uh, <laughs> it wasn't a, he got he had cribs. Gosh, give the guy a break. Yeah, I'm t- he was in there Does for too really long. Does he really come out of this looking good either way? That's a lot. That's a lot of Candy Crush he would have been playing. Um, yeah, no, obviously. Is that, he, your, is that your choice? Is that your game choice? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway, when I when I cramp up, Jamie, yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah, Lamar Jackson was was great in his own way. Baker Mayfield was great in his own way. And I wanted. Let me read this email. I wanted, there was there was another person who was great, by the way. Lisa Salters. Give her credit. Her post game interview. Her first question: Did you have anything left in the tank? Oh was one God. of the questions. <laughs> like she <laughs> phrased it perfectly. She could not have phrased it but any she, more perfectly. But she also said that he was very tired after last week's game, which after he had missed time with COVID, 
and this could have been the after effects of having COVID. Like, in all seriousness, he really could have just been very tired and cramping and still dealing with, uh, with the after effects of COVID. Uh, but it, email of the day is from Josh from Denver. I wanted to share in this really tough year some fantasy football joy. What a game last night. I was battling my good friend, I the six seed, him the three. I was done and up by eight points in non-PPR, and he had Jarvis Landry. I squeaked out the win in an amazing game. At the same time, my son stayed up late as he was in his first season ever, his first fantasy season ever. He's nine years old, and he was down five points in the fourth quarter. The other team was done, and he had Hollywood Brown. He exploded with the touchdown with the win. As he went upstairs to bed and I was talking with my friend that I beat about the game, a friend of mine texted me. He just won by a single point. The game had just a few seconds left, and he was going against the Ravens DST. He couldn't believe it. Then he just hung up. This is what fantasy is all about. It has made 2020 a little better. Thanks to all of you for being a part of that joy. And the title of the email was something like, Why We Love Fantasy Football. And yeah, cool. right? You had, a, you had a touchdown. You had Well, you had the Marquise Brown touchdown, the Kareem Hunt touchdown, the field goal, the safety with the Ravens DST. So did his awesome. friend call before the safety? Yeah, his friend was calling and bragging that he won. He was going against the Ravens DST, and then he just hung up the phone. Oh, man, it's so cool. Terrible. We've all got our sob stories from this week and our great stories from this week, and a lot of them came down to the last game. And uh, Those are the best games. Like You talked about it being the game of the year. I think it might have been the game of the year for fantasy, too, because so much was on the line. It seems like everybody I know had uh, some skin in the game. The other nominee that I think I got a lot of was the Cardinals-Seahawks, the first game, the one that went to overtime. That was a 37-34 oh, yeah. win for the Cardinals. Yeah, but it, was, was it wasn't game. this late in the season. When no, but... You know, right. Their playoff lives were on the line. No, but it just just in terms of game of the year and the Hale Murray, and um, yeah, I, we'll give it to this one. This one was really It, is, it is funny, though, because you referenced uh, that game. Um, RG3 might have had the tweet of the night. What did he say? He tweeted a picture of uh, the DK Metcalf chase down. Oh yeah, and the and the, the, the what he wrote on the players were uh, it was Buda Baker, right? That interception. Uh huh. What he wrote on Buda Baker was Browns lead, and then what he wrote on DK Metcalf was Lamar after pooping. <laughs> no, he didn't. <laughs> Are you so serious? his own teammate taking a shot. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> okay, fine. He was playing Candy Crush then. Email of the day number two. From James Prophet. Lord of the Rings. That tweet has over 100,000 likes, by the way. That's awesome. <laughs> Lord of the Rings is a Christmas movie because it has elves in it. And I responded to James. I said, I'm sure Jamie would agree with you. Because you guys are simpletons and you don't know what a Christmas movie is. Let's talk about the waiver uh, wire. Are those like Christmas elves, though? I don't know. No, not at all. I've never seen it. Right. So it's not a Christmas movie. Like Die Hard is obviously a Christmas movie. Easy. Yes. Gremlins is a Christmas movie. Okay. Top waiver wire priorities. Uh, Jamie, who, who we got this week? The number one player to add, and this is contingent on an MRI, is Jeff Wilson. Yes. And it might not be close. Yes, he's got the Cowboys. He's about 20% rostered. Might not have Raheem Mostert this week, and that would be great. Um, I didn't. You did not put Jarek McKinnon, though, on your list. Do you think it's like just Wilson's backfield? Um, I, I typically Coleman. give you both running backs when I do that. I have McKinnon in the column, uh, but there's a quote from Kyle Shanahan who said they're going with their one-two punch of Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson and McKinnon and Steven, Tevin Coleman did not play against Washington. So I would assume that McKinnon will play. Uh, to what extent, it's hard to say. But 
Wilson is going to get the majority of the carries there. So at this point in the season, I don't know how many people are going to have to trust Jarek McKinnon, but if Jeff Wilson is the guy against San Francisco, he'll be a top 10 running back for me against the Cowboys. Okay, who else? We Wilson. know about Mostert's injury. We know that he's going to get an MRI on the ankle, and that's he really had it. an MRI on the ankle. So and we'll, we don't know we'll, the results. We don't know the results. Uh, everything that I've read suggests that we'll know Wednesday what his practice status is. My guess is he's not going to practice. But at this point in the season, you know the guys that you're holding on to. There, there's probably three or four guys on your bench you could drop for Jeff Wilson this week. Yeah. Okay. Who else? Uh, if if not Jeff Wilson, who am I picking up? Well, I think you mentioned the quarterbacks, you know, so if you need a quarterback this week, I've gone back and forth on Mitchell Trubisky and Jalen Hurts, so I, I really still haven't finalized that. Right now I have Trubisky hired just because of his track record, but uh, Hurts could certainly be great against the Cardinals. So they're both ranked in the top 12 for me. I like both uh, of the opportunities for them. Um, if you're looking ahead, Trubisky gets the Jaguars in Week 16, so if you're trying to get a two-week quarterback, he might be the better of the two. Um, after Wilson, uh Another scenario I've gone back and forth on, and it's kind of format dependent. I think Gus Edwards can have a huge game this week against the Jaguars because I think they're just going to run all over them. But obviously, Lynn Bowden playing wide receiver, uh, what you can get from him in PPR. It's like what we've been talking about with J.D. McKissick for the majority of the season. He could be that type of guy at his position, given the Dolphins injuries. And then the receivers, there's a lot of guys. I think Nelson Aguilar, just because he sneaks in right under the wire, is uh, is still worth picking up. And, And clearly, you've seen 36 targets, 35 targets, excuse me, in his last three games. Um, he would be the best wide receiver. Chad Hansen, somebody you can look at as well, just a bit based on what's happening in Houston. And then Irv Smith could be a potential starting tight end for this week and maybe the rest of the season, depending on Kyle Rudolph's injury. Uh, you'd like to see a few more targets for Smith, but he's been building towards something before he got hurt, or he was building towards something before he got hurt. And now there's a chance for him to close the season playing at a high level. So uh, there are some potential starters that you could find off the waiver wire, which is nice. Irv Smith with a terrific matchup against the Bears. If uh, Jordan Akins hadn't dropped the wide-open touchdown, it would have been like eight games in a row at 60 yards or a touchdown for a tight end against the Bears. They're terrible. Also, we'll see if people have faith in Tyler Higby or Gerald Everett this week against the Jets. And by the way, do you know which team gives up the most 40-plus yard pass plays in the NFL? Most big pass plays would be? It's an NFC. It's an AFC West team. Raiders? It's the Chargers, and that would be Nelson Aguilar's matchup this week. Um, all right, Dave, any names? So Jeff Wilson, Trubisky, Hurts, Edwards, Bowden, Aguilar, Hansen, Irv Smith, any names that you want to give that we're not given? None that I would say qualify as priorities off the waiver wire. So when we get to those other positions, we can talk about some lesser guys that might be there if those other players that Jimmy mentioned aren't there. All right, there are three players that I want to mention that are, you know, let's say probably owned, but not necessarily or rostered, but not necessarily. They're 64 to 75% rostered. They are George Kittle, who could practice this week. I don't think he's going to play, but you might get him next week against Arizona. Drew Brees, 75% rostered. And the Browns DST, 66. It's not a great DST week, but the Browns could be the prize. They're 66% rostered. And they Dolphins get too. The Yep. Dol- yeah, Dolphins at the Patriots. Um, they get the Giants this week. They get the Jets next week. So any Browns that you're looking at, whether it's Mayfield, who's about 50% rostered, Higgins, uh, and the DST, it, next week could be amazing for them. Week 16 at the Jets. Uh, keep that in mind. And this week for the DST at the Giants could be wonderful as well. You should well, throw Phillip Rivers on your list too, Adam. 72% rostered has Houston this week. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So it actually feels like a great one of the better quarterback weeks we've had in a while. 
I don't know how I don't know how Trubisky and Hurts are going to do, but at least Mayfield, the Trubisky, Hurts, Rivers could be out there. If Stafford plays, he's got Tennessee. Could have some good options on the waiver wire. Uh, we've got more time to answer your questions for the waiver wire tonight on Twitch. Join us at 8 p.m. Eastern. Uh, Twitch.com slash FF today. We'll see you there. We'll be answering your questions. And tomorrow is signing day. All right. CBS Sports HQ is bringing you wall-to-wall coverage from 9 a.m. to 6 p.m. See where your team's class ends up in the two in the two four seven or the twenty twenty four seven sports rankings. I know the web. I go to it all the time. It's a great website. It's the industry standard. Live announcements throughout the day, including Flipwatch, rankings, leapfrogs, and of course signing alerts. So no matter what D one school you root for, we'll have you covered with breakdowns of all the teams. Nine hours of programming on CBS Sports HQ. It's going to be your home for the winners and losers, the top classes, and the diamonds in the rough to remember. Watch on the CBS Sports app on your connected TV and your mobile device. Okay, uh, news and notes to get you all caught up on what's going on. Gardner Minshew is going to start for the Jags, and Jalen Hurts. Oh, he's another guy. I didn't mention him. I don't know how we feel about that matchup against the Ravens now. Their secondary got pretty beat up last night. They lost two cornerbacks. We'll see mm-hmm. uh, the severity there. Jalen Hurts is going to start for Philadelphia. Oh, Leonard Fournette. Should have, probably should have mentioned him. Um, Ronald Jones may have a broken pinky, so Fournette's worth a look. He's 78% rostered. Damian Harris has a back injury, so Michelle would get the Dolphins this week. That game's in Miami. I said it was in New England. It's in Miami. Uh, the Eagles could be down three cornerbacks. They'll definitely be down two. Uh, well, one's a safety. Rodney McLeod out for the season. Avante Maddox out this week. Darius Slay in the concussion protocol. So if you have... Kyler Murray, that's better news for him. Sorry to say it in that regard. Sucks for the Eagles. Debo Samuel, you can drop him. He's out for the rest of the regular season, most likely. Mostert's got the ankle. Garoppolo may not be back this week, uh, this year, rather. And Nick Mullins may get benched. Uh, they are not really pleased there. Fred Warner, what do you think? stud linebacker <laughs> for the Niners. He has a stinger. Uh, they're, I mean, it's amazing. The injury list for them is just, they're that team. It's very unfortunate. The, the Eagles say... Hold our IV. I don't back. know. I don't. I I would have to disagree. I would say the, are much the Niners win that battle. <laughs> hold our IV bag. It's very funny, and they say hold our medical tape. Uh, what else we got? Stafford's going to be questionable. John Brown is going to practice this week. He's forty-one percent rostered. Uh, Jeffrey Okuda for the Lions, the Detroit's cornerback, first-round pick, out for the year. We did see Jedrick Wills, left tackle for the Browns, been a very good rookie. He left, but he came back. And Adam Gase will not bench Frank Gore, but fantasy owners will. Uh, let's look ahead to week 16 really quickly, and then we'll come back to week 15 and give you all the names you need to know. So some quarterbacks, Tua Bailoa is at the Raiders, Baker Mayfield's at the Jets, Trubisky's at the Jaguars, uh, so he's a two-week kind of guy. Drew Locke at the Chargers, Jalen Hurts at Dallas. So that, that's good, Jamie. I mean, you got Trubisky, Hurts, and Mayfield who are on your waiver wireless this week, they've got favorable matchups next week too. Next week too. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's a, it, it's a good setup. You know, I don't know how many people are going to trust Mayfield this week, but certainly if he has another strong game, they'll, they'll trust him next week against the Jets. But the other two, and Trubisky and Hurts, you know, are, are borderline starters this week for sure. Yeah, Mayfield's got the Giants. They give up the fifth fewest fantasy points, but he's now got 35 and 33 Fantasy points in his last two games. Most pass attempts the last two games that he's had all season in the back-to-back stretch. 80 pass attempts. Yeah. One of them was only 33, but last night, 47 passes. His number, like his passer rating was actually pretty gross last night, but it seemed like he played pretty well. 
Late in the game for sure. Oh, he was on fire. I mean, he also threw a pick six, you know, so it wasn't a great game for him. Yeah, that is true. Uh, oh, no, it was not a pick six. You lied. Oh, I'm sorry. Should have been a pick six. Yeah, Could've very been. close. Very close. Uh, the Dolphins running back situation is very interesting. Uh, they have New England this week. Sometimes that's a good matchup. Sometimes it isn't. Next week, they're at the Raiders. That's beautiful. Who are you guys looking at in that backfield? I mean, DeAndre Washington will probably get the most carries if everybody's still out, but it's not going to be somebody you trust. And then just because of his position, Lynn Bowden is somebody that you should pick up first because of what he will be able to do as a receiver. But you're not going to start him as a starting running back in non-PPR. He's basically like what we talk about with pass-catching running backs. That's the type of guy he is. But they're so beat up with their receiving core. It's, I kind of you know uh, don't love Tua even looking ahead because if he doesn't have Parker and doesn't have Gusecki, you're not going to trust him with Lynn Bowden and Mac Collins as his top receivers because Jakeem Grant might be done for the year. So um, even if I mean if you have Jakeem Grant, that doesn't really matter. But you know, just in terms of the the position running back from Miami uh, right now, it'd be Bowden. But you could also take a look at Saman Ahmed just in case Gaskin's not back in Week 16 because he's most likely out in Week 15. That's who I was going to say was Ahmed, but I we don't know when he's going to be back and. I don't think there's going to be a huge rush to pick him up off waivers anyway. So you could stash him if you wanted to, or you can just leave him on the waiver wire and grab him when it looks like he's got a chance to come back. I, not a priority, but someone who could be an impact player late this year. If you want to stash a DST for Week 16, the Browns are at the Giants. Uh, they're at the Giants this week. They're at the Jets next week, so we like that. Houston gets Cincinnati. Chicago would be at Jacksonville, and Philadelphia is at Dallas. Cleveland, Houston, Chicago, Philadelphia, DSTs that you could look at. It is kind of 16. amazing for week 15 how the stars have kind of aligned for the top defenses with the Rams getting the Jets, mm-hmm. with the Steelers getting the Bengals, and with the Ravens, if they are still a great defense, getting the Jaguars. Man, what's up with their run defense the last two weeks? Like, I get no, it's hard to stop the Browns, but... Uh, it was pretty. It was a pretty sorry effort, and uh, Nick Chubb is got to be a tired group. I mean, they've just That's had so true. many games thrown in the mix the last few weeks. Yeah, plus there might be a stomach bug going around that locker room. <laughs> uh, Dave, man, a candy crush apparently. <laughs> uh, Dave, man, it's uh, you know, look, we're at week fifteen, stressful times. You doing your holiday shopping, all that. Um, get, you know, watching your college football team get snot kicked out of them. That wasn't very oh, relaxing. Yeah. So you need a moment to chill. What do you reach for when you need to chill out? I, whenever we talk about Coors Light and how I need a moment to chill, I feel like I'm taking up too much bandwidth about my life. So let's make this more about the listeners and everybody out there who's been through the rigmarole of what you just talked about, the holiday shopping and fantasy leagues and all the stress that's out there. And with everything feeling like it's a go, go, go type of world, man, just take a moment for yourselves. You've earned it. Go grab yourself a Coors Light. And it's ice cold. Listen to this. It's cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp as refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. That mountain cold refreshment will just, it will hit you the right way. And you know, my favorite part about it is that there's no ugly aftertaste. It, it, it's it's a good, cool, crisp beer, perfect to have when you just need a moment to chill. So I'm inviting everybody out there, 
Go get yourself a Coors Light. Adam will tell you how. And just take this moment to chill right before the holiday rush really gets going. Yes, when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill and get Coors Light and the new look delivered straight to your door at get.coorslight.com. Get, G-E-T dot Coorslight.com. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're going to throw out some more names here. The top players at each position for the waiver wire in Fantasy Week 15. Man, I can't believe we're in Fantasy Week 15. It's just every year, it's just like, damn, that flew by. Uh, and what a welcome distraction it has been. Let's, uh, it's been really just so thrilled that we have gotten to this point in this season. I had so many doubts months ago, but we're here. Uh, top three quarterbacks. Jamie, I know you kind of gave the list earlier. We want to just rehash, maybe give a few more names. Top three quarterbacks, go for it. Uh, Mitchell Trubisky, Jalen Hurts, and Baker Mayfield. But you could also look at Drew Locke, who's coming off a great game last week, his best fantasy game of the season. Uh, Teddy Bridgewater has been very consistent. If you're looking for just kind of a nice floor, plus he's getting some reinforcements with potentially Christian McCaffrey back and DJ Moore as well. And then Gardner Minshew, you know, mostly uh, more of a two-quarterback super flex guy. Uh, but we saw his fantasy production, um, five of his first seven starts, at least 22 or more fantasy points. Can I make a case for Hertz over Trubisky? I have no problem with Hertz over Trubisky, so sure. Well, sure. So, number one, he's going to get you more rushing yards than Trubisky, and that's something that will always help you in fantasy. And number two, I like his matchup better this week against Arizona. Cardinals have allowed 23 fantasy points or more to five of the last seven quarterbacks they face, whereas Minnesota, and I, I don't necessarily know how they're doing this, they've given up under 20 fantasy points to five of the past six quarterbacks they faced. Brady just had 19. I, I Trubisky's best games have been against really terrible defenses. And again, I don't want to stump for Minnesota as being an all-world defense, but I, I got a feeling that Trubisky could be a letdown guy this week. So I prefer Hurts. They're back-to-back in my rankings, but I think Hurts with the with the safe floor of him rushing makes him a better option. Yeah, I, I don't I don't disagree. And and the thing about it is uh, the one reason why I would slightly lean toward Trubisky right now, and again, that, that could change by the time you read the column, is I do think Minnesota's offense will show up this week because they're back at home. Cousins plays better at home. They played out last week. He didn't have a good game on the road. And I think it'll be more of a shootout, you know, whereas I could see the game for Philly um, could be a shootout, could absolutely be a shootout. But we saw how Philly kind of played New Orleans a little bit, you know, with two kind of mobile quarterbacks uh, going back and forth. It wasn't a high-scoring game. I, I think Trubisky, in what typically is his better scenarios, is when he's chasing points. And I can see them chasing points this week against the Vikings on the road. Yeah, and, and let's take a, a closer look at the Vikings and, and how they're doing this. Last six quarterbacks, as Dave mentioned, only Dalton's had a good game. And he threw for like the low 200s in yards, but he threw three touchdowns. The, just their competition has changed so much. The first seven games of the year, they faced Rodgers twice, Watson, Wilson, and Ryan. You know, I mean, they got torched by those guys. Since then, the Lions quarterback, 17 points. Nick Foles, 2. Dalton, 24. Bridgewater, 15. Glennon, 13. And you, Dave, they, they held Tom Brady to 19 points, but we've talked about this a lot. He threw, I think, 23 times. They had the ball for 21 minutes. He actually had a passer rating of 121. So, yeah, they've, they've gotten better. They also have eight interceptions in their last six games. They've Are definitely gotten better. That the Bucks just, A, they didn't have the ball a lot, and yes. B, they ran fairly effectively? I'm saying that Tom Brady had a passer rating of 120. So Which the, is great. Yeah, the low, pa- the low fantasy points right. was more of a product of them not having the ball and him not throwing much. 
Um, and the thing about Trubisky is, even with David Montgomery having great performances the last two weeks, they're still throwing the ball so much. Yeah. Which is kind of their MO. So, um, again, I think both guys are, are certainly capable of being starting fantasy quarterbacks this week. It's just, I guess, a matter of your preference. Obviously, four points for passing touchdowns, it's easy to go hurts because of what the rushing is, has been. And Dave mentioned it, the, the opponents for the Cardinals have not just given up a lot of fantasy points. They've given up a lot of rushing yards, too. Uh, yep, the last 35 rush yards, uh, too. Right. Five, five straight quarterbacks in that, in that seven game stretch have right. gotten 35 or more Two of those were Russell Wilson. Um, so he did it twice, but still they've given up rushing yards. So there's a lot to like about Jalen Hurts. And again, if you want to look at it as, okay, Trubisky gets Minnesota Jacksonville, Hurts gets uh, Arizona Dallas. They both have good opportunities to look ahead to the future. You just, the, the only thing, and I guess they, they, they kind of both fall into the same category. If they struggle, there's probably not a, 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 a long leash for either guy. You know, I could see them getting both getting benched at this point. You know, the fact that Doug Peterson, uh, you know, at first wouldn't commit to, to Jalen Hurts shows you he's not a thousand percent on board. He's probably 900% on board, but uh, obviously we know what the Bears situation has been where they've gone to Nick Foles, um, you know, when, when they've, they struggled. So it wouldn't surprise me if either guy got benched during the game, if they had a really, really bad performance. Are you starting Phillip Rivers over Trubisky and Hurts? Yep. No. Okay. Yes and no. Uh, how about Kyler Murray? Yep. Yes. I'm going to make sure I'm phrasing this right. Uh, I'm going to give you a guy. You tell me if you'd start him over Trubisky and Hurts. So, yes, you would start Kyler. Ben Roethlisberger over Trubisky and Hurts. No. I currently have Roethlisberger one spot, of, uh, one spot ahead of Hurts and Hurts one spot ahead of Trubisky. Okay. Uh, Taysom Hill against Kansas City. Uh, he's behind Hurts and Trubisky. I've got Hill significantly ahead of all those guys. <laughs> wow. Okay. All right. Uh, then let's go to running backs. Dave, who are the top running backs? Jeff Wilson and Wilson's number one. Uh, if I had Lynn Bowden next, but he's more of a receiver than a running back, so he really shouldn't even be on this list. Gus Edwards is no, but, second, but he's eligible at running back, so he definitely yeah. But no be on one should list. use him as a running back. I mean, no? listen, if you're just if you have crappy running backs and it's a PPR league and you've got stud receivers, then I get it. Um, and that that's really the end of it. Like if you can, if you need him as a running back, you can, but otherwise use him as a receiver and a flex, but he's that Swiss army knife for your fantasy squad because he can pick up a lot of catches this week. Uh, Edo Smith is next up for me just because he's a running back that appears to be the best guy for Atlanta, but like I'd start him over Frank Gore and maybe a couple other like Peyton Barber. I'd start him over Peyton Barber. And that's really about it. He's a low end starter. And everyone else, you're just you're you're taking a chance on DeAndre Washington, Savan Ahmed, just in case he comes back, Rashad Penny in case calamity ensues in the Pacific Northwest and Chris Carson gets hurt again. What about uh, guys? What about Sony Michelle? Right? If Damian Harris is out, how would you feel about Sony Michelle this week? I'd probably feel a a little better about Michelle than I do about Ito Smith. So he would be third, but it wouldn't be somebody that, oh boy, I get to start Sony Michelle. No one says that anymore. Yeah. Uh, so Jeff Wilson, Lynn Bowden, Ito Smith. Uh, Jamie also likes Gus Edwards. Well, Gus, I throw Gus Edwards second. Okay. That's really how it should be. Okay. Well, Gus Edwards, Gus Edwards has had what? He's not playing a ton. He's just super efficient with his yeah. carries. I think he's had seven carries, two straight games. Seven. Okay. And I Is know he's playing about Jackson? a third of the snaps. I mean, they're going to run all over the Jaguars. So, so like in a PPR league, would you go for Lynn Bowden or Gus Edwards? Bowden. Bowden. Okay. All right, wide receivers. Jamie, if Aguilar is number one, who's who else? 
after Aguilar, I look at Chad Hansen just if Brandon Cooks is out. You know, he's gotten you 12 or more PPR points in back-to-back games, and clearly they're going to be throwing a lot. So uh, you've seen enough from him. Russell Gage now, two strong games in a row. Julio Jones isn't coming back anytime soon. At least that's the expectation. Uh, very good matchup for him this week. So uh, I'm not, not a very good matchup. A, a decent matchup for him, as we've seen, the second wide receiver against Tampa Bay more times than not has been good. So I like the setup for Russell Gage. John Brown would be next just with the hope that he does come back and, you know, hopefully picks up where he left off. And then Richard Higgins would be the other guy I'd look at too. Cool. Tight ends, Dave. Let Irv serve. He's number one. Higby's got the matchup against the Jets. They've been terrible against tight ends. He would be second for me. And then Cole Komet is my number three tight end. And then if you want to try and guess which Dolphins tight end is the better one to go with between Durham Smythe and Adam Shaheen, be my guess. But uh, they're both going to play a considerable amount. I don't know if I'd necessarily have a favorite one over the other. When you guys hear Durham Smythe, Durham Smythe, do you think of Mrs. Doubtfire by any chance? That's Smythe, dear, not Smith. No? No. No? Okay. Nope. Well, you, well, you do now. Why Tyler Higby over Gerald Everett? Because I just think he plays more. I think he's just a little bit more involved in the offense in general. Schrager, you ever seen Mrs. Doubtfire? I have. Really funny, actually. My daughter's favorite movie. I I would say it's one of the 10 best comedies ever. That's what I would wow. say. Yeah. Oh, let's go back to something you, you tweeted last night. How do you think that that announcing group is good? Well, look, I was trying not to. They're be, terrible. I was trying. No, I don't think they are. I think they're good. Adam likes every single Monday night. My God, dude. They are so bad. You were the only guy that liked Witten. I, look, this is what I felt about Witten. I felt that he had very interesting things to say. He was just very green. He needed some time to become a better broadcaster. But I thought he he was smart and insightful. I, I think Steve Levy is a studio host, miscast. Um, they, they're they're but he's fine. They're a little boring. But I think they're straightforward. They cover the game. You know, there's there's no antics. They missed so much. They thought Baker Mayfield was trying to throw to somebody that was not there when he got his arm hit and didn't understand what he was trying to explain to the referees on the attentional grounding. Call. I, it was I think so they're bad. fine. I think they're fine. You know, people are they're so terrible. critical. They're absolutely terrible. People are so critical of announcers. You know who's great, by the way? You love everybody. <laughs> I Jonathan Vilma. I don't know if you've gotten a chance to. He, for whatever reason, I've heard him. He's I, good. He's yes. he's going to be a terrific announcer. He's great. You guys have worked with him, right? With Vilma or no? No, that was John Beeson, the other Hurricanes. I thought there. I thought Vilma came in for some for some CBS stuff. Vilma might have come in once or twice, but uh, you never you never ended up working with him. Oh, you know what? He did a draft show with us, I believe. Yeah, he he's he's great. Uh, they're fine. I just don't understand the background. Is anybody else bothered by that? It's it's weird. It's like they're no, I can't get past the stupid things that they say. <laughs> I'm with you, Adam. I saw it week one and thought it was like a week one it's COVID so thing. They're trying to figure out what's going on, and it's still a thing. I hate it. It but, looks yeah, like there's. Some, there, it looks like they. I, when I first saw it, I was like, "Oh, there must be like plexiglass in between all of them," but there isn't. It, it's like they have three set. I don't know. It's such a strange backdrop. It's so low budget. Come on, come on, ESPN. Uh, all right, uh, DSTs. Uh, the t- tight ends were Irv Smith. Let Irv serve. That's hilarious. Tyler Higby and Cole Komet. Uh, for Dave and DSTs, Jamie, who are we looking at? Well, like you said, it's not a great week of streaming options, but the Buccaneers just make the cut and Atlanta has been terrible offensively uh, without Julio Jones. Uh, the Patriots, uh, we know what Bill Belichick does to rookie quarterbacks and the Dolphins are just down almost everybody, especially if uh, there's no Miles Gaskin or Devontae Parker or Mike Gusecki. I mean, it could be absolutely awful for that offense. And then the Cardinals, uh, I put third, uh, their pass rush came alive last week and you know, Jalen Hurts looked very good, but now there's a game of him on film. 
So we'll see if uh, the Cardinals can make things a little bit uncomfortable for him. As we know, uh, they're kind of stripped down offensively as well. Do you think the Cowboys have a shot to put up some decent numbers on the Niners, San Francisco without Debo Samuel and potentially without Raheem Mostert? I think you got lucky with the Cowboys last week, uh, which was a good call by you. Um, and so, well, what was uh, the good call? You said last week on Tuesday to, uh, I forgot the Cowboys in the list. You yeah, said. but I kind of changed my tune on it because they, oh, I had I, them in the top five. They were awesome. <laughs> yeah, they, they ended up being pretty darn good. So I don't know if I dislike them this week against, but San you know Francisco. what? Yeah, I, I just think they, that's they, Kyle Shanahan is much, much different than the Bengals and the run game will be successful for San Francisco. I, I'm not going to trust the Cowboys. this week. I, I mean, the Cowboys, I really don't think they played such great defense last week. No, they did not. The Bengals no, just handed Cincinnati. them. Yeah, the Bengals were were so pathetic. Uh, the Cleveland Browns just missed the sixty five percent cut, but are they ahead of the? Uh, they have everybody sixty six percent rostered. In uh, they would be number one, uh, but I would also say a lot of people probably dropped the Dolphins with uh, playing the Chiefs. They would be number one for me, followed by the Browns. Okay, okay, uh, and yeah, the Bills might be an option this week. They're like eighty percent rostered. Who are the kickers to get? Matt Gay gets the Jets, Cairo Santos gets the Vikings, and Robbie Gold gets the Cowboys. Matt Gay, who? Cairo, why am I even writing this? Cairo Santos. Cairo Santos and Robbie Gold. Okay, Trusting great. A bear kicker, can you imagine? But the Vikings allow the most fancy points to kickers. Okay, Vikings. Vikings and kickers. Bad mix. Baltimore 47, Cleveland 42. Any takeaways from this game? Let's talk about J.K. Let's talk about J.K. Dobbins and Kareem Hunt. Who are you going to trust more in week 15? Dobbins against the Jaguars or Hunt at the Giants? Dobbins because of the Jaguars. Yep. But it's close. Yeah, you know, once upon a time the Jaguars had a good run defense. And then then they faced Dalvin Cook, Derrick Henry, and one other who was the other opponent in that mix? Was it eh, I don't know. Someone really good. Uh but yeah, okay. Were you were you satisfied with uh, Dobbins' workload? There are only 13 carries. Edwards had seven. Nope. Still not satisfied with it. Again, I think he got pretty lucky if uh, if you started J.K. Dobbins this week. He should be their main guy. They don't need to make him their main guy because they're happy with what they get out of Gus Edwards. At least we didn't see any of Mark Ingram. So the good news is we've gone from three running backs to two running backs. The bad news is Lamar Jackson is starting to run even more than he did before he had COVID. It's like the Ravens realize, all right, we're not going to win on the arm of Lamar Jackson. We're just going to let him do his thing. It's almost what every coach realizes when they've got a, a run-first quarterback like this. Marquise Brown had three drops, a very frustrating game, and then got open for yeah, that touchdown. And then he comes through for that touchdown late. Yeah, and now he gets the Jaguars. Whew. So he had six targets, and Lamar Jackson only threw 17 passes. Do you kind of feel like... Now, this was the first time in well, three Packer games that... Uh, yeah, I don't remember how many passes he threw through him. Okay, but um, do you think that, that Marquise Brown at least is kind of getting featured and should be considered this week against Jaguars? He's flexible. He's absolutely on the table for three receiver leagues. You know, I don't think you're going to consider him a must-start guy. Certainly not in PPR, but, I mean, the matchup's great, and you know they'll take a couple shots. You know, he could have a, a, a week one 2019 Dolphins game. You know, he scores mm. multiple times. He could have uh, a typical Marquise Brown game where he doesn't get targeted as much as you would like and doesn't have any catches, you know. So you just have to understand what you're getting. But he's absolutely in play for DFS. You better play him in your DFS lineups if you want to try and win some money. Okay. And what do you think about the Cleveland wide receivers? Landry had six catches for 52 yards. Higgins had 68 yards and a touchdown. 
They both had nine or 10 targets. Donovan Peoples-Jones had 74 yards. And Njoku, for what it's worth, without Austin Hooper, had 45 yards on four targets. Uh, Dave, what do you think about the wide receivers here? I still think the Browns want to be a run-first team. And I'm not sure how much passing they're going to do from game to game. So I'm a little nervous to start everybody not named Jarvis Landry. I'm still okay with Landry in PPR leagues as a low-end number two wide receiver. God, Nick Chubb is so good. He's so good. Tremendous. All right. All right, that's it. So, uh, yeah, and again, like Higgins, 28% rostered. I don't know realistically who's doing this, but you could start him in two weeks at the Jets. He might be awesome. So I mean, look, we just mind. we we're we're probably not going to get Kenny Galladay back. Um, you know, Julio Jones, we're probably not going to see him again. Debo Samuel was just knocked out for probably the rest of the season. You know, so there are some leagues where you're you know still chasing wide receivers or chasing flex options, especially you know with the the problem is like you know if this was normal weeks, there would be people that would be dropping some guys to pick up some guys, and then maybe a week or two you'd have some opportunities to pick up some players that you may have wanted. Those lineups are locked right now, so. You know, the, the free agent pool is certainly pared down. So by the time we get to week 16, Rashard Higgins might be the best available option to you. So pick him up now before he has another strong game against the Giants. The question becomes, like, who's Bradbury going to cover? It's probably not Landry. So No. He, they, they Apparently, they're a very heavy zone team. I was disappointed that he didn't cover Hopkins more last week. Uh, but, yeah, I don't, I don't think he's shadowing anyone this week. Right. So Landry should have a good game, and Higgins is going to have an opportunity. I mean, the targets have certainly been there for him, so it's nice to see. And uh, by the way, we should mention this. This is the time to play some defense, right? On your waiver wire, take a look at your opponent's team and see what he or she needs and and try to block him or her. Do you do that? You can do it. Just don't make that the priority. Yeah. Like, make sure your team is taken care of first. It's so funny where your ethics lie. Because you don't you don't like people not carrying a kicker or defense. What's wrong with that? They have to. It's totally different. But now you're telling you're telling people to play defense on other fantasy. No, games. I I don't like illegal rosters. That's what I don't like. So you're not you shouldn't have an illegal roster at any point. Look, That's I'm what not. You're saying? I'm look. If I have to come around on that, I'll come around on that. I guess it's not a big deal. Come on, but it's different after one o'clock on Sunday. Sure. One o'clock on Sunday comes. If your lineup's illegal, what about you don't what? Fix it, wait a second. Why not? Why not eight o'clock on Thursday? Because you still have time. Actually, it, it your if your lineup is illegal by eight o'clock on Monday, that or eight twenty on Monday, that's when it, you get. Depends it on the site. The Every site's different, right? Like, but on ours, the do, settings do that know, we have on most of our leagues, if your lineup is illegal even Sunday after one o'clock, you still have time to fix it. You can make it right. Do you but know you why? Well, okay, okay. First of all, let me just say, Jamie, I think there's a big difference between playing defense, uh, keeping oh, your opponent, but, then, but it's still it's still then, an ethics thing. No, I don't think it's an ethics thing at all. I, I think that, you know, I, I think that the question from a few weeks ago was, how do you feel about somebody dropping their kicker earlier in the week to pick up like a running back or wide receiver and then waiting all week to make a decision, dropping someone on Sunday, picking up a kicker then? And I didn't I like it. I do it all the time. Yeah, you do it all the time. It's fine. I didn't like it. Now, let me tell you something. There are very few fantasy managers that actually do that. There are very few managers that go throughout the week without a DST or without a kicker and just hoard and then pick someone else up, pick a DST or a kicker up on Sunday. I promise you, if half your league or everyone in your league were doing that, people would put a rule in to regulate against it. The only reason why we don't care about it is because so few people do it. 
I guarantee you, you would be freaking pissed if there were 12 fewer options out there because everybody was picking, was hoarding and dropping their kickers and DSTs every week. The only reason you we don't care is because it's not a big deal You know what happened to me last week when right I did now. it is I lost my kicker. I had Blankenship as my Blanken kicker, and I Blanken lost him, and I had to start somebody else. Yeah. I started Greg Zerline. He was just as good as Blankenship. But you get so my point. Like it, it would be an issue if more people were right, doing it. I truly believe that. You can't do it that. if you've got like Youngway Koo or, or one of the other great right, kickers. So if nine, teams in your league, if nine teams in your league were doing that, and it just never happens. People don't do it. Dave does it. People just don't really do it that much. I don't much. do it every single week. I just, you know, when I do it the most is when there's news midweek, and like, like the last week there was a chance that Ezekiel Elliott wasn't going to play against Cincinnati. Ran in my league, didn't know who I really wanted to cut off my bench. I liked my bench, so I cut my kicker. I cut Blankenship. Picked I guess I should start doing that. I mean, if it's not if it's not illegal, then I should do it. I'm going to do it. Why not? Why why <laughs> why put myself at a disadvantage? You come around. I, it's now, fine. It's I'll not tell you that big of a deal, but very unethical is like the guy that'll cut his kicker to go and pick up seven DSTs. Oh yeah, don't do that. So that the other guy is forced to start a DST that stinks. Yeah, that's that. Don't you do you that. pick one you up wanna, and then you, you drop him. One DST, that's fine. Yeah, right. That's going to happen, and we're going to get questions about it. So you can't allow that as a commissioner. You cannot allow a fantasy manager to add and drop any player just to put that player back on waivers so he can't be used by his opponent, you know, with the you know what I'm saying with the same roster spot, add drop, add drop all these different guys. You can't do it. That's that's really wrong. And there are also some leagues that charge for every transaction. And in those leagues you're you'd be broke if you started dropping your kicker every week to pick up somebody. Right. Right. All right, let's do the drop o meter speaking of which. Tyler Boyd and T Higgins, they got Pittsburgh this week. Then they're at Houston. Boyd is like an eight. Higgins is still a five for me. If you're not starting them, you don't need to hold them. Okay. CeeDee Lamb got uh, San Francisco and Philadelphia the next two weeks. CeeDee Lamb. Ten in non-PPR, eight in PPR. Yeah, okay. Antonio Brown. Ten. Yep. Michael Pittman. Ten. Matt Ryan. Ten. Yeah, Unless you're in a deeper league and you don't like the quarterbacks that are on waivers, he's a ten. And that's pretty much all I got for the dropo meter. I think it's kind of a different conversation right now. Giovanni Bernard. <laughs> Is Mixon gonna play this week? Doesn't matter. I, yeah. Gio's a ten for me. That doesn't I matter. can't trust him. He had super easy matchup and he fumbled and then he got benched for fumbling. They want to see what they've got with their younger running backs, which I get. You're never going to start Giovanni Bernard. You almost want your opponent to pick him up and start him. It was a separate question, though. Do we know anything about Mixon this week? Not yet. No, don't know. When, but when they start practicing they on Wednesday, we'll find no out. Sense. All right. We are going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we'll get back into the waiver wire, give you some more names to know for the deeper leagues and even the shallower leagues, the guys like Phillip Rivers and uh, some of the wide receivers. Oh, James White could be interesting. And who was I going to plug just to make sure nobody leaves? Curtis Samuel, Kiki QT, guys like that. We'll be right back. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Quarterbacks on the waiver wire. It is a pretty good week. Now let's talk about Phillip Rivers. He is 72% rostered. He gets Houston. They are 22nd against quarterbacks. They are 30th in yards per attempt. You do need to know that Rivers is playing through a seriously painful toe injury, but he is playing very well also. Three, uh, four games in a row with 21 or more fantasy points. So, and would that be five of his last seven? Uh, Rivers, you guys want to talk a little bit more about this? Rivers versus Hurts, Trubisky. I think, Dave, you said you have Rivers ahead, and Jamie, you do not. Dave, go ahead. I think he's just the safest of the bunch. He's got a great matchup. He's been consistent. The run game's going to do very well for Indianapolis, but part of the reason why they're back in the saddle of the playoff race is because Rivers has been throwing the ball well. So I would imagine that he he doesn't have huge upside, but he's he's safe as like a, a 20 to 23 type of fantasy point quarterback. And Jamie, you'd go with Trubisky and Hurts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with everything Dave said. I just think the upside certainly favors those other guys based on how their games will probably unfold, based on what we've seen. I get um, it. You know, so it just depends on what you're looking for. Like, I would start Rivers over Roethlisberger. I think there's much yep. more safety with him than with Big Ben at this point. So, matchup's great. Uh, run defense is awful for Houston, so I could see, you know, this being a huge week for Jonathan Taylor as opposed to a huge week for Phillip Rivers. But he'll get his one touchdown to T.Y. Hilton for sure. Uh, based on the track record of Hilton versus the Texans. And then whatever else he gets on top of that, I think will be fine. So, yeah, he's he's in that 20-23 uh, point range, as Dave just said. So, uh, a very good low-end starting quarterback this week. Would any of you start Rivers or Trubisky or Hurts over to Sean Watson this week? No. I would. Oh, you, you would. would? Yeah. If Cooks is out, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what do you think about Matthew Stafford, who may not play this week, and we won't know until later in the week, but facing Tennessee, 29th against quarterbacks. We know their defense stinks. Uh, should should fantasy managers drop or hold Stafford? Drop. I don't think he's playing. Right. It looks unlikely that he's going to make it. Okay. The season could be over. And Baker Mayfield coming off two huge games in a row. Jamie, are you optimistic about him this week at the Giants? I think uh, he's, if you're, you know, 14 team, 16 team league, he's a starter in those formats. I think in a 12 team league, you probably have better options available. Like I would start Trubisky and Hurts over him, um, but he's in, I start Rivers over him, but he's yep. in that uh, uh, 15 to 20 group where you can, you know, get quality production. But it's, it's, I mean, look, we've, we've seen it. The Giants defense has, has been very good against opposing quarterbacks, even as well as Kyler Murray played last week. He got 19 fantasy points. So Baker's on a nice roll. This is a this is a game where I think they'll have some success running the ball. I know the Giants' run defense is, is typically played well, but the Browns' run offense is a different animal. So I just don't see Baker with a high ceiling. Like, I could see him having a solid 18-20 to 20 fantasy point game, but I don't see him throwing very much. I don't see the Giants' offense doing very much. Right. And so I think it's not a great opportunity to trust Baker Mayfield. Yeah, and uh, by the way, Jamie mentioned Kyler Murray, Dave, and we talked about the kneel downs at the end that got him from 20 to 19 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Somebody emailed that they, they won their league. They won their week on the kneel downs. So that was, That's amazing. Yeah. Uh, the other quarterbacks on the list for Jamie are Drew Locke against Buffalo, Teddy Bridgewater at Green Bay, and Gardner Minshew at Baltimore. Dave, who would your favorite be there, Locke, Bridgewater, Minshew? I've got Locke at the top of the list for now, but if Buff, if Baltimore's secondary is beat up and they're missing Peters and, and Smith doesn't make it back, I think you can make the case for Minshew to be the best one of the three. That's it's risky. Like that's it's the most uncomfortable I've been with a quarterback that we've talked about yet on the show today. Okay. 
And let's go to the running backs then. Um, no, by the way, no interest in Andy Dalton at San Francisco, home against San Francisco. No. Okay. Mm-hmm. Running mild, backs, mild interest. Well, if you see Cam Akers, you might want to pick him up. Let's just say that. That shocked me when I saw that number. Eighty-one percent rostered for Cam Akers. Eighty-two. Uh, Eighty-two now. Okay. Do we? Um, it was eighty-one on Thursday. I'll tell you that. I guess some some leagues allow you to pick guys up. I guess. Uh, do we have any concerns about the matchup for Cam Akers? Because the Jets surprisingly have been pretty good against running backs. I mean, th- there's obviously some concern because we've seen it, you know, for uh, a couple of running backs lately. But I still think you got to buy into what this Rams offense is doing, how he's looked, and what the upside has been for him basically the last month. Leonard Fournette, Dave, how do you feel about him if Ronald Jones is out at Atlanta? If Ronald Jones is out, I'd probably be okay with him as a high-end flex, both in non-PPR and PPR. I, he's just he hasn't played very well this season, and Atlanta's run defense has been mostly good all year. Or since uh, Dan Quinn's been can well, Eckler had a great game receiving. Yeah, but Kamara the week before was good. They both, he I mean, they good. both were over but five they're, yards. They're not carry. Leonard Fournette. Uh, that is true. They're both better than Leonard Fournette. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like Leonard Fournette, how would he slot in? He'd be behind Jeff Wilson. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. How about Ezekiel Elliott or Leonard Fournette? Zeke. Uh, I'd probably go with Fournette. Wow. I don't think I'd Zeke's go Zeke. He might not be, but Fournette just isn't a very good player, and I'm not certain that he's just going to get shoved into like this big-time role just because Ronald Jones is there doesn't mean he's going to get all the work that Ronald Jones had. How about Miles Sanders or Fournette? Oh, Sanders, easy. Sanders. Oh, we're back, go on, right back, back in on Sanders. Sanders. Uh, Gotta go back to Sanders. Yeah. The, Benching the, him cost me in one league. The uh, We had a good conversation on HQ yesterday about this, that it wasn't so much just that Jalen Hurts was opening different holes, uh, opportunities for him as a mobile quarterback. They finally threw him the ball again. I mean, you know, five targets, four catches was nice to see for Sanders, which has kind of been missing the last two yep. weeks. But the 18 total touches, anytime he's going to get that much work, you got to buy into it. Right. But and that's no, what was, was missing 14 the last carries. two weeks coming into the game. Yeah. No, all right. I, I look forward to talking more about him later this week. Was, you uh, see his best not much to talk about against his toughest opponents. Like his best games this season yeah. have been against the Rams, the Steelers, uh, the Ravens, the Ra- and and the Saints. Yeah, because does that mean we shouldn't has, use him this week against Arizona? Because right. <laughs> Cardinals aren't that great against. But the no, run. but if he doesn't break off a big run, that's the, like he's got three care. I was talking about this yesterday. How many guys have had three carries of seventy-four or more yards in a season? I'd love to know the answer. It's I'm a, sure Derrick Henry. No, he didn't last year. No? No, it was, it was amazing. He didn't even have one. His long was like 63 yards. It's just hard to have an eight, you know, a 74-yard run. You don't get that many opportunities for it. He's got three yeah, of so them. You wanna, you're trying to poo-poo a player that has that? You know I love you him. You want to start a player that I, has I'm that type saying, of potential. If he doesn't, the line is so bad, there are so many bad running plays from Miles Sanders. If he doesn't bust out a big run, you know, you could be looking at another low-yard game. And he doesn't get a ton of work. I mean, all right, all right. Yeah, you you can feel comfortable about what his role is in the offense now, and you just illustrated what his upside is. What I was thinking about this week is, oh my god, am I going to start thinking about Miles Sanders as a top fifteen pick again next year? Yeah, there there are going to be so game? many people who are gun shy. Good grief! To take him. But Philly's offensive line is going to be rebuilt. They're definitely going to address it this offseason. Plus, they're going to get a bunch of injured guys back. 
I, look, I, I'm I just wonder if by you. next July we're talking about Miles Sanders as a late first round pick again. Dave, and there will be people who cringe over it. Dave, he's not going to be a first round. Just pick. No, let no me chance. tell you, I hope he has the worst finish to the season. So you can get him in round. So two I can get him three. in every freaking league next year. Yeah, yeah, round two. Round two is a safe spot for him. <laughs> round one, there's no chance. All right, James White, Jamie, uh, any interest here? Yeah, I mean, you, you know, if there's no Damien Harris, you know, you're down to two guys at this point with Sony Michelle and James White. And, you know, I mean, what's Sony Michelle? What's the trust level in him in any stretch for the yeah. Patriots even? So he'll be their lead uh, rusher. But I think you, you've seen enough of this offense. None of them are, are startable fantasy options. But in deeper leagues, you know, White and PPR could have an opportunity to help you. All right, Zach Moss. Any interest in Zach Moss? He did get back to being the lead back and got the short yardage work last last week and he gets Denver this week. Any interest in Moss? I kind of do. I like I like the matchup a lot against Denver. They've allowed nine rushing touchdowns to running backs in their past six. If you include Taysom Hill, it's 11. Uh, it's just a matter of will he actually get a decent amount of work and a chance to score at the goal line. And so for that, I would consider him a flex at best, but th- he does have an opportunity this week. So we go to the guys who are actually available in a lot of leagues. Jeff Wilson is our top priority this week. Lynn Bowden, Gus Edwards, DeAndre Washington, Sony Michelle, and then you're looking at, you know, Ito Smith, maybe Savan Ahmed, and just some backup running backs, Tony Pollard, guys like that. But what do you guys expect from Lynn Bowden? So he's a pass catcher. You know, he's eligible at running back and wide receiver. He had seven catches for 82 yards on nine targets against the Chiefs. And that was obviously with a bunch of injuries. The Patriots are 13th against wide receivers. And that's kind of what I'm looking at here is how they do against wide receivers, not running backs. And they see the second fewest wide receiver targets in the NFL. So anyway, uh, what do you expect from Lynn Bowden? If he's the top wide receiver option for the Dolphins, then he is a number three running back, better in PPR than non-PPR, and a number three wide receiver. Okay. Uh, speaking of wide receivers, let's take a look at the wide receiver list. T.Y. Hilton would be a major priority, 78% rostered. Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, Kiki QT, and Tim Patrick. These are guys that are 70% rostered or more. Hilton, Hilton's number one, right? By far. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Marquise Brown, Curtis Samuel, Kiki QT, and Tim Patrick. Are there any, Jamie, anyone in that group that you're not loving this week? Um... Or at least liking. I mean, aside from Hilton, none of them are must-start guys, but they're all in the number three receiver range. Okay. So then Nelson Aguilar, Chad Hansen. Is is there, Dave, for you, is there a big drop between Aguilar and anyone else? Hansen, Gage, John Brown, even yeah. Lynn Bowden? There is, and it's a byproduct of who Aguilar's playing and how Aguilar's been doing and the type of upside that he carries. Like, maybe you can make the case that Chad Hansen is like, I don't think you can even make the case that he's safer. He might be as good as Aguilar on a so-so game in PPR, but Aguilar just has way more upside the way that he's being used in Vegas. I got one concern about Aguilar, though. Now, look, the Raiders aren't great, but the Chargers are really bad lately. And when the Raiders win... They run, run, run. They barely throw. And that's when Aguilar really struggles. Do you guys share that concern. You I don't think the Chargers haven't allowed a rushing touchdown in three straight games. Chargers have not. Not to a running back. Yeah, well. Um, okay, sorry, Jamie, what were you saying? No, I'm totally with you. I, I mean, I think you, you see uh, 
uh, how this game could potentially unfold uh, where, you know, stupid Josh Jacobs. And I say that only because of his dumb tweet or Instagram post um, <laughs> from this weekend, but uh, this should be a game where the Raiders have success running the ball. So Aguilar is a good number three receiver, but he's not a must start guy. All right, Hanson's got uh, 14 targets in two games, gets the Colts. The Colts have been struggling against wide receivers lately. I mean, it's, it looks on paper like a tough matchup, but... Xavier Rhodes also got hurt. Yeah, he did. And Darius Leonard got hurt, which, you know, it's just bad for the defense in general. Uh, John Brown. John Brown, I mean, was awesome while he was playing. I don't know if he's going to play this week, but you might want to get him. He's 41%. Got Matt Collins for your deep leagues. Like, there are actually some decent plays in deep leagues. Matt Collins had nine targets for the Dolphins last week. James Washington's coming on a bit, and he's at Cincinnati. Keelan Cole was not bad with Gardner Minshew for seven games of the season. MVS, KJ Hamler, AJ Green, and I wanted to throw out Danny Amendola and see if you guys had any interest. I, it would probably depend on Stafford. PPR guy. Yeah, he's facing Tennessee. Anyway, Did you mention Tyron Johnson? No, I, that was yeah, it was another guy because Keenan Allen and Mike Williams are both hurt. Tyron Johnson did six for fifty-five and a touchdown, and he played seventy-four percent of the snaps last week. Clearly, yeah. was the next man up behind Mike Williams, and the Raiders' defense is atrocious. So I found I found who, my captain for the Thursday night game. There you go. Yeah. So who are some of the deep league guys that you'd be recommending? Tyron Johnson. Who else? Johnson would probably be well. Behind Bowden and Hanson, Johnson would be next up as far as guys that are like widely, widely available. Like you will find them in your league. Matt Collins for sure, just based on what the opportunity is for him. James Washington seems seemingly passing Chase Claypool in terms of playing time. Um, I don't know how deep you want to go. I mean, obviously Hanson at five. Yeah, oh, that's fine. That works. Uh, any interest in Chenault? No. Um. Yeah, decent opportunity. How about Gabriel Davis? You know, I was about to say him. John Touchdown Brown in three straight games. Yeah, I, I, I didn't give you the, you know, Davis is tied to uh, John Brown. So, okay, you know, usually I give you the, the two guys on the same team. Right. All right, and then we go to tight end, and uh, we didn't talk about Logan Thomas. He's 67% rostered. Do you like him this week against Seattle? Yes. Uh, if Alex Smith is quarterback, yeah. Okay, Seattle, okay, they've been good in their last two games against tight ends, but that was Colt McCoy and Sam Darnold throwing the ball. Before that, they were <laughs> horrible. Um, they had given up 57 yards or a touchdown in seven straight games to a tight end. Three touchdowns in their last four to a tight end, too. And Thomas just has a big chunk of the offense now. He's getting targets every week. Haskins was looking for him earlier this year. I think he's he's one of those tight ends that you can look at and say, okay, he can get me four catches. He's got a decent shot to score a touchdown. Maybe he gets 40 yards on top of it. If Mike Kosicki were available and were playing, would he be a start against the second best team against tight ends, the Patriots, who have allowed yes. just one touchdown? All right, look, they've faced, they have faced Kelsey, Kittle, Andrews this year, and Waller. Yeah, especially if, if Parker's out, this is the guy they're taking away. So, no, he would not be a starting option this week. Dave, he would absolutely he would be? be a starting option. Okay. Tua's looking for him in tight spaces. He's obviously someone that he would factor in. But it, this conversation isn't even worth having because... Yeah, if he I'll plays, he's playing that. less than 100% against a tough He's team. not playing. Yeah. It already yeah. sounds like he's got like a serious week-to-week injury. Right. It's a guy you okay. can drop. All right. Well, it was a fun conversation anyway. Uh, so, Herb Smith gets the Bears. They've allowed 63 yards or a touchdown to a tight end in six straight games before last week. Aikens dropped the touchdown, so that should be seven straight games. Herb Smith. Let's make sure Kyle Rudolph is out before you, you start him, but you should right. absolutely pick him up. 
Uh, Jared Cook, Jamie has on here. Kansas City's been horrible mm-hmm. against tight ends lately. And, yeah, and look, yeah. it's it's uh it's a it's a stash candidate too because if you do get Drew Brees back in the championship game, you like to have Jared Cook around. Tyler Higby. Are we sure that Brees isn't playing this week? No, we're not. Right, so Cook could be like a solid start this week with Hill, but he could be a great start this week if Drew Brees is back. Can I t- can I confess something between us? Yeah, so sure. Sunday up this upcoming Sunday, we have our final home team watch party presented by Lowe's on Twitch, where we for the entire CBS late game, which is Chiefs Saints, probably going to be the best game that we get all year. Hopefully, uh, we interview a couple people, a couple former players. We talk for three hours. We have a lot of fun. I really want Taysom Hill to be the quarterback instead of Drew Brees. I'm Why? F- I'm fascinated. I I like him. I think he's going to be good. People are crushing him as if he's a ten year veteran. Like, I know he's old, but he's making his fourth career start. I think he's shown a lot. I'm just very interested to see how he does. And um, I don't know. There's just so much intrigue there. I've been enjoying the ride watching Taysom Hill. Yeah, he got exposed a little bit, though, last week. Did not play well. No, no, you're right. He didn't. He came He came back strong a little bit at the end. But I don't know. I find I find him to be very fun. He's, he's like a choose-your-own-adventure every time he drops back. That's for sure. Yeah, so. All right, Tyler Higby has the great matchup against the Jets and Cole Komet with a good matchup at Minnesota. And he had seven targets. Adam, you, you're week. right to bring up Gerald Everett. So if you don't get, you know, we're obviously a lot of people that play in tight end premium leagues or you're stuck, you know, Everett, if he is available for whatever reason, could have a good opportunity this week. Yeah. I think he's had more targets over the last two games than Higby. Almost positive. 10 to eight. Komet, uh, 14 targets in his last two games. That's, that's wonderful. It's not bad. No interest in Dalton Schultz, Dan Arnold. If no, Arnold I mean, were getting more targets, some of the receivers we talked about at this point, you know, you, you got to be in some real deep league situations to be trusting these guys. Yeah. Like I, I started to pare down some of the, the options. Right. Makes sense. Uh, so obviously we should go pick up Troy Fumagalli, right? Yeah. Or Nick Finette, either one. Nick Finette, yeah. Um, Buffalo has struggled against tight ends better the last two games. And. Yeah, whatever. That would be Noah Fant. We'd be talking about Noah Fant. Uh, You know, I was thinking about that, but he hasn't played that many snaps, and I was watching to see if Milano was covering Ebron for some of the game, and I didn't see him covering him. I'm not saying he didn't, but... AJ Klein's played better, too, in that spot. Okay. Could be. Uh, DST streamers, the Bucks, the Patriots, the Cardinals, the Titans, the Browns would be ahead of all of them, and who was the one you said? The Dolphins. The Dolphins! Would be ahead of the Browns. So the if you can find the Dolphins, you can find the Browns, go for them. If not, Bucks, Pats, Cardinals, Titans. You like the Bills at Denver? Yes. How do you feel about the Colts against Houston? Yes. Don't hate them. Vikings against Chicago. Yeah. Be a little nervous about starting them. Okay. And kickers, Matt Gay, Cairo Santos, Robbie Gold. We are out. Good show today. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Jamie and Dave. If you want more waiver wire help, check out CBS Sports HQ, noon Eastern, or you can watch it on demand. And watch us on Twitch tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern live from 8 to 9, twitch.com slash today. I'm Adam for Ben, Dave, and Jamie. See ya. Talk to you tomorrow. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or 
I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.